Welcome to a Sunday, August 7th edition of The Elephants in the Room. And we needed to delay recording a little bit because a very important thing happened this afternoon. What happened? Kevin Harvick won in Michigan today. Um, what does, I forgot who we're making fun of. We, we figured out a new one for Rio Linda, but it was something else. Oh, the library town. What was that place called? For those oh, yeah. of you in the library town, well, the library town was in Michigan, so they should know Kevin, Kevin Harvick won the NASCAR race in Michigan today. Um, all but locking up a spot in the playoffs, uh, in a few weeks. So very exciting. So, so that was the delay. And, um, you know, I think like most Americans today, we woke up and, I think shocked to find out that one, our Congress people actually work sometimes and, and work a weekend and um, come to find out they really only wanna work weekends when it comes to how they're going to spend money and tax us into oblivion, which is what happened today. Our fearless, stunning, brave, brave. Uh, any other, Nope, that's good. Okay. Uh, Vice President Harris cast the tie-breaking vote, 51-50, to pass what is known as the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Oh, this should be good. Yes. Well, we'll get into the we'll get into the name and what goes into the bill, and you know that we've mentioned it over the past couple of weeks that this is something that the Democrats have been working on because this is their last opportunity to really do anything. This is the last opportunity for Biden to really do anything during his presidency. So he wants a win. And he got, I, I don't know why they keep calling it a win. They got something passed. They originally wanted $2.5 trillion in spending. It's, it's $370 million in spending. You know, this thing was chopped down to about 12, 13% of what they wanted it to be. I don't know of any, anyone that reads 13% as success. 13 out of 100. Yeah, no. Not even on the wildest curve that I saw in college would 13 ever get bumped up to a D minus yeah, passing grade. That's not a rounding up situation. <laughs> it's not a rounding up situation. But nevertheless, they need to spit. Nevertheless, spin it. they persisted. Nevertheless, exactly. They persisted. They need to spin. The media needs to spin. Hey, this is Joe Biden. He's defeated COVID. He's out from isolation. And he's spending your money. Um, and that's what happened. And it also gave the press uh, an opportunity to use the term Votorama, which is essentially that every senator or any senator that wanted to was able to introduce an amendment to this bill, forcing vote after vote after vote after vote. And it wasn't just Republicans that were doing this to try to gub up the works. It was Democrats who were doing this to try to get other things passed that they wanted, such as Bernie Sanders, who once again got the entire Senate to vote against something that he wanted to do. I believe there was 98 senators present at the time when Bernie Sanders put forth an amendment. He he was the only one who voted for it and went down one to 97. Classic. <laughs> so classic Bernie Sanders. Um, but let's get into it. So the headline from the media is climate change, $369 billion towards climate-related 
Didn't nonsense. we already do this, or is this the bill we talked about? This is about? the final oh, passage. Okay. This is the final passage of it. I was like, it. good Lord, they got two of these things? They, okay. Right. No, twice <laughs> is nice. Double your pleasure, double your fun. No. Nope. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. And nope. I just call it climate change nonsense because there's no other way to put it. No. Because all it is is just crony capitalism. It's just kickbacks to different, basically, Democrat donors. And for those of you in a town without a library, (laughs) you may not have the historical knowledge of a company that made a lot of headlines during the Obama administration in in 2011 and 2012, a company by the name of Solyndra. Now, one of the notes in this bill is that this is the largest climate-related funding expenditure by the government since that 2009 bailout by Obama, and that 2009 bailout by Obama gave us companies like Solyndra. Solyndra was a solar panel company, received $538 million in taxpayer funding. When they finally went in and audited and investigated what happened after Solyndra filed for bankruptcy, uh, they discovered that they had things like um, like spas, showers, um, talking robot, whistling robots, musical robots. They basically took four, $538 million and just blew it on, 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 on just whatever the founders wanted to spend money on. And uh, at the end of the day, after all of the legal wrangling, the government was able to recoup a grand total of $10 million of our taxpayer money. So $528 million went up in smoke on just that one deal. Now think about that. What was the ROI on that? Was it more than 13%? <laughs> My point being on this is that is that Solyndra is just the tip of the iceberg because we're going to have Solyndras in every state popping up because this is going to be exactly what happened when, with with coronavirus a couple of years ago, where the government's going to be handing out checks to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that lines up and says, "Oh, I have a solar panel company. Oh, I've got an electric vehicle company. Oh, I got a I got a plan to turn carbon dioxide into oxygen. Right? I'm going to invent trees. <laughs> Everyone's going to come up here. I mean, I, I, I always. Katie knows this one. I always like to pick on this story because last year was like this invention business of the year was a company that created a device that turns carbon dioxide into oxygen, right? They created trees, mechanical trees, because we can't just plant more trees. We can't fight the the rampant deforestation that's going on around the world. No, we have to create, we have to create machines in order for us to just keep chopping down trees. This makes no sense, just like this climate deal. Um, so there's going to be these cylinders. There's going to be a ton of government waste because that's what these programs do. When you're handing out $369 billion, there is going to be waste, fraud, and abuse. And if you would like my proof beyond Solyndra, let's just get into the fact that one of the goals of this is to make electric vehicles more accessible to middle-class Americans. That's one of the big goals of this. Right, a lot of this is about chopping greenhouse gas emissions and penalizing oil companies and raising taxes on oil companies and raising taxes on businesses and and blah blah. blah. Oh, of course, it's going to fight inflation. It's not. It's not. They even admit that after it passed. Senator Chris Coons, close personal friend, other senator from Delaware, said, "No, it's not going to. It's not going to. It might do something in a year." He said, "After passing, well, it might, but that's not really what this is about. This is about climate change." Um, they want to make electric vehicles more accessible to middle-class Americans. Why is this a goal? Is that rhetorical? 
This is an actual question. Why, why is this a goal? To have electric vehicles available for the middle class. Why does the government need us to buy electric vehicles to the point where they are making Elon Musk richer beyond his wildest imagination? Because every time a bill like this is passed, Elon Musk goes, hey, the government's just going to pay me to keep my prices where they are. Well, it's all part of the grand plan because if we don't solve the climate crisis, the world is going to die in 100 years or 85. I can't keep track. Mm -hmm. And so they think that if we all get electrical cars, magically the climate will be safe. Well, we all know that's false because even if somehow it was true, one country out of the whole world is not really going to make an effect, especially when China has a bajillion cars. So many cars that they get stuck in traffic jams for weeks. Yep. Yep, it's funny you bring up China because China is obviously the number one polluter in the world, and nothing in this bill tackles or challenges anything that China is doing. China is going to continue to to destroy every single aspect of their environment whatsoever, and we're going to be going. Oh well, at least we have electric cars. It's it's just like someone being like, I need to lose weight. I know I will have sugar-free popsicles. And that's it. I'll keep eating potato chips. Yep. I'll keep having fast food. But I changed that one dessert. So I'm definitely going to lose weight. It's like, right. mm, you made one country go all electric and suddenly it's going to save the universe. Like, it's just not going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and just going back to this government intervention, I have to make this point because I've gotten written down here. When has government intervention, when it comes to handing people money in order to buy a product, done anything to make it more accessible to middle and lower income people? And my clearest example of that, my two clear examples of this are housing, where the government loans, the government backed loans for housing. But number two, the biggest example, the one that we're fighting about, we're, we're going to about to have a fight about loan forgiveness in this area, which is universities and colleges. Student loans. We're about to have a student loan forgiveness fight because we have a student loan crisis in this country where we have over we have over a trillion dollars in student debt. Why? Because this is what happened. What happened was is that a whole was that it became an idea that you had to go to college in order to get ahead. If you wanted to get a good job, you had to you had to go to college. You wanted to make more money. You wanted to make money to buy a house. You had to go to college. People said, wow, I got to go to college. I got the grades to go to college, but I might not have the resources to go to college. So you got to take out a loan. You got to take out a loan to go to college. Okay, a lot of people do. Okay, well, then the government finally said, hey, you want to know what? We want to keep promoting this because, hey, we get more money, more taxpayers, more revenue for us. Let's promote this behavior of people going to the government. We'll back your loans. We'll give you loans. We'll give you loans to go to college. And what did colleges and universities do in response to that? Did they make college more affordable to people? Did they start competing against each other that we're going to give you, we're going to get you better job prospects coming out of college for a lower cost? Have you ever seen a university go, hey, if you come here, you're, you, this is where our graduates go, and this is how little you pay compared to everyone else. Have you ever seen a college or university market themselves like that? No. No. No, you have not. You want to know why? Because there is no incentive for colleges or universities to cut their costs. Why? Because people are still willing to take out loans backed by the government, and the government doesn't bat an eye at the size of these loans. Why would they? They're making bank on these. So the government is going, hey, 
I don't care about your costs. I'm never going to challenge universities. I'm never going to challenge you on costs. I'm never going to challenge you on the fact that a lot of these costs have come from administrative excess and not the cost to actually educate students who are supposedly going there to learn skills that'll help them become responsible citizens and produce revenue, which is what the government is ultimately after. No, the government has no incentive to do that. Just like the government has no incentive to help these electric car companies lower their costs and create a car that makes you travel just as easily and just as far in a battery as you can in an internal combustion engine vehicle right now. There's zero incentive for them to continue fixing this technology because the government's going to subsidize it no matter how crappy it is because that's what the Democrats have decided to do. They've decided to say, we're going to spend ourselves into debt, into oblivion in order to back up an industry that is, as Katie said, going to do bupkis when it comes to lowering emissions on a global scale, if that's the end goal. Right. They just want to show... <laughs> progress because their constituents uh, don't have religion. They worship at the house of climate change or yes. climate, climate crisis or whatever it is we're calling it these days. And if they don't see anything towards this, they're all going to go kill themselves. Yes. So they have to show something and they know no one's going to read it. So they just pass something to be like, look, we did it. Yay. Keep voting for us. This is an absolute disaster of a bill and i haven't even gotten to the worst part so now they're turning the electrical vehicle industry into the college and university industry which we all know is basically the worst run industry in the country that's just created millions of lower middle class debtors that's all that's happened but here we go now the other highlight of this bill is that this bill is going to raise over 700 billion dollars in revenue over the next 10 years Right? That's going to help us bring down our deficit. Bring down, bring, down, bring down our deficit. Not our debt. Not our debt. Our deficit. Our deficit. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to increase our revenues. And how are they going to increase revenues? By increasing the size of the IRS. Yeah, great. This bill contains $80 billion to help double the size of the Internal Revenue Service. The goal here is to create revenue through quote-unquote enforcement, i.e. audits. Think about that. Now, the bulk of people in this country are not millionaires and billionaires, as Bernie Sanders would say. The vast, 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 vast majority of, this people, in this, of people in this country make less than $200,000 a year. So, of course, when looking at IRS enforcement, Senate Republicans went, hey, uh, you know, if you're going to do all this auditing, who's, who's, who are the people going to be audited? So the IRS said, okay, yeah, it's going to be, and this gets a little technical, so I want you to stick with me here for one minute. Here we go. Anyway, Should we time him, folks? You can time me. There are two places where the IRS is looking to increase its enforcement by doubling the number of agents and he'll have on staff. And it comes from what they call Schedule C items and Schedule E items. Schedule C items are misreported trade or business revenue. Schedule E items is kind of a catch-all bucket. This is other misreported income. 
Now, keep in mind, you've got to report now, based on Biden's rules, transactions over $600. Yep. So this is the point of the IRS. So think about this. You, you sell an old table. You sell an old chair. You sell an old couch to some college kids. And it was 600 bucks. You have to report that to the IRS. That's what they want to enforce. They want to collect taxes on that. That's why they're doubling the number of agents that they have, okay? So that Schedule E, that other misreported income, that's what we're talking about right there. It's that income from your what we would call a side hustle. Or not even a side hustle. It's just you seeing something you no longer need, selling it to someone else. The government wants their cut of that. Okay. Now, ha- now I want to ask, that was a minute, but you're not done, so it doesn't count. Uh, now, I want to ask, sell- reselling something and having someone prolong the life of something is actually good for the environment. It's great so for the environment. why wasn't that baked into this bill? Oh, a rhetorical question. Yes. Why was it reselling goods? excluded from the tax well that's a great question because you're helping the environment yeah what about uh buying used cars yeah why is that not reusing included? things yeah. these, these are great questions that's a great question you want to know why because absolutely zero thought was put into this oh yes <laughs> there, there it is <laughs> they may they may have had the appearance of working over the weekend but i can guarantee you no actual work was done Okay, they just simply said yes or no uh, while sitting at their desks. But anyways, so when it comes to these Schedule C and Schedule E items, 78 to 90 percent, historic. this is according to historical data, 78 to 90 percent of individuals who fall under these two categories that the IRS ends up auditing over make under less than $200,000 a year. So that's what we're talking about. It's just a pure numbers game when it comes to tax enforcement. Is that, yeah, they really want to get a big fish. But here's the problem with big fish. There aren't a lot of big fish. There's not a lot of big fish. For every Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, there's 2 million people who are making less than $50,000 a year. Yep. Making less than $30,000 a year. These are the people who are trying to make this kind of income on the side just to try to make ends meet. Because they're either trying to pay down their student loans or they're trying to find affordable housing, things that the government has stacked the deck against them because of terrible government policies over the past 50 years. So you see how how sick this is? The Biden administration is spending $80 billion to target people who are trying to work their way out of a situation the government incentivize them to be in which is that of a poor debtor to the government and that's the ideal situation the democrat wants you to be the democrat party wants everyone to be a poor debtor to the government yep so that the only hope you have is that the democrats might give you a subsidy for something or might send you a check for something they don't want you to be relying on yourself and this is this is what i mean this is the sickest worst part of this bill is that they've now created an enforcement structure to go after people who are just trying to make their lives a little bit better because of what the government's done to them. And, um, and uh, you know, in the uh, you didn't see anything here, folks, move along category. Yeah. Uh, did you know that the IRS spends over $700,000 a year on ammunition? For what? Home invasions? They have $5 million 
rounds stockpiled. Why? You ask me. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> All I'm saying is they got five million spare rounds of ammunition, and they're doubling the number of agents that they have, and they and they are coming after you. Doesn't take a lot to put two and two together there. Uh, you want to know what you want to know what stuff like this causes? Mm. It causes what happened in Arizona this week. You know, this was an interesting blurb that I just wanted to pass along. Only three incumbents in Arizona survived that were on the ballot. Wow. Eight incumbents that were on the ballot got, got tossed. Or five got tossed, three survived. Do you mean locally or both? Locally. Like, so like state houses? States. Yeah. Yeah. State, yeah. State, state stuff. Um, both sides, Republicans and Democrats. It wasn't just all the headlines that came out of this are Carrie Lake and Blake Masters, Carrie Lake and Blake Masters. But the reality of the situation is that on both sides of the aisle, people are absolutely fed up with their leadership. <laughs> so I just wanted to toss that out there as we're starting to see this. Like, they could pass bills as much as possible. But let me tell you, it's, 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 this is going to be an intensely interesting election coming up. Because we're starting to see that no one's really happy with anyone here. And this bill, this is the kind of bill that goes unnoticed because they passed it on a Sunday in August. And who the hell is paying attention right now other than me? <laughs> Probably other journalists. But that's about it. That's about it. No one else is paying attention to this stuff. But this is what's happening. This is what happens while you were sleep while you were sleeping. Joe Biden spent eighty billion dollars to get you your own personal IRS agent. That will come armed with ammunition. It's gonna come to your door armed. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. Um, speaking of Democrat policies that are working. And that's it. That's Next. it. That's it. <laughs> and we've moved on. And I'm spent. And New York City. I have to, this is the best. I'm just going to read the article. Okay, let's do it. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has suggested the majority of a busload of immigrants brought from Texas to the Big Apple fled before they arrived over fear of the city's crime. We were led to believe about 40 people should have been on that bus. Only 14 got off, Adams told a woman organizing the convoy on Friday in a conversation overheard by the New York Post. Because of the fear that something was going to happen to them if they came to this location, people got off earlier, he speculated. And we were concerned about that because we don't want people just being dropped off anywhere. <laughs> we well, anywhere is safer than New York. <laughs> we were concerned because we're starting to lose a lot of citizens from violence, so we need to replace them. Well, this is great. So, so obviously, one of the big brouhaha's that made national headlines in New York City, you may have seen this, you may have not, but there was an attack on a bodega worker. A man attacked a bodega worker. Bodega worker stabs the guy in self-defense, kills the guy on the spot. Ooh. On camera. Ooh. On camera. You can see it. You can see the bodega worker was like, he didn't want anything. He's trying to defuse the situation. Guy attacks him, plays stupid games, wins stupid prizes. Guy's, gonna take, guy's taking a dirt nap now. What happens to the bodega worker? Arrested, charged with first-degree murder by the new woke DA. Great. Public outcry from bodega worker up to the mayor going, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't arrest this guy. This guy got attacked. He got attacked. It's on camera. 
And DA said, mm, tough. Well, we had to charge him. We'll figure it out. Finally, 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 common sense prevailed. They dropped the charges against the bodega worker. Bodega worker said, hey, you want to know what? It's city's too dangerous for me. I'm going back to Dominican Republic. <laughs> now, he was a worker, not an owner. Yeah, bodega worker. Okay. And where was it? New York City. I know, but like... Brooklyn. <laughs> it's in Brooklyn, Brooklyn. right? Is okay. it Brooklyn? I don't know. I'm trying to read as I speak. I can't find it. But if you think it's Brooklyn, probably is. I think it's in Brooklyn. Oh, it says Manhattan. Oh, it's in Manhattan. My bad. Ooh. Okay, so it was in Upper Manhattan near Hamilton Heights, near 141st-ish. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Point being, point being, he's out. M- moving, <laughs> moving, uh, moving, moving on for that. We're going to, we're going to wrap this. We're going to wrap this up soon. I know you wanted to talk about El Jefe. Oh, yes. This was great. So just to give you all some insight into this show, uh, we're kind of going with the flavor of Max does like 98% of the work and then I'm here to be the commoner, the common voice. And so I don't really ever know what we're going to talk about and I just do it off the cuff. But I did a little bit of work (laughs) (laughs) and I found this hilarious article uh, in our local paper about Return of the Boss, El Jefe, a jaguar that roamed Arizona, has turned up alive in Mexico. So this story piqued my interest for two reasons. Apparently, America is so sad that even the jaguars want to leave. And, <laughs> <laughs> and number two, when I was in fourth or fifth grade, I think it was, I did a report on the Jaguar, like one of those old school, typed it up, printed it out, put it in the little plastic thing and turned it in. Yeah. So I have a little soft spot for the Jaguars. And also I was a quote unquote Jaguar cheerleader for fourth grade for Halloween, the the football team, but only because I like the mascot. Heck yeah. So. Mark Brunel. Yeah. What up? So. Uh, a Jaguars team. That was a fun Jaguars team. So, yeah, apparently uh, we used to have a Jaguar in, Me- in Arizona, but no more. He would rather be in Mexico. So. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah. Uh, all right. Well, then I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to end on this story that I found. Okay. Two, two things. Two things. Um, so I, have to, I always have to rip on CNN once, once an episode. Okay. It's a contractual, it's like, it's like a, it's a contractual requirement I have with myself. I wrote it myself. Um, so uh, in the news, it came out this week that CNN's revenues are going to be the worst in the company's history. Oh, so sad. Yeah, revenues are tanking under a billion dollars. Very bad. Taking a big, bad hit. So CNN is doing so badly. You know, Just how badly is CNN doing now? Hmm. They might actually be trying to find a Republican audience. <laughs> Best of luck. And I say that because of all people to make an argument on the Republican side of things, Brian Stelter this morning, speaking with uh, with Michael LaRosa, who who just left his uh, job as press secretary with Joe Biden, he was asking about, you know, how the family's doing, how the family's thinking about Joe running. And of course, LaRosa's like, oh, no, they're running. You know, I I hope he runs. I know he's going to run. He's planning to run. 
What about his son, Stelter pivoted? What about Hunter? Hunter under federal investigation. Charges could be coming at any time. This is not just a right-wing media story. This is a real problem for the Bidens. Could he decide not to run for re-election, given his son? They make decisions as a family, and they will make that decision when it's time, LaRose answered. First of all, they don't make decisions as a family because, as we all know, Joe Biden is the only father who has never spoken to his son about what his son does for work. That's right. Joe Biden is the most engaged, loving father of all time, yet simultaneously not engaged and loving enough to try to understand what his son does for work. I just had to bring this up because if you if you lost Brian Stelter, whew, you've got a heck of a hill to climb, Democrats. Because if even he's pointing, looking at the Hunter Biden stuff, going, um, this is real and this is spectacular. <laughs> you know, you know it's going to be so good. We just have to take the house. We just have to take the house. Remember, folks, eye on the prize. Take the house. We get the oversight committee. You get to investigate Hunter. Um, last story, thing that I have to wrap up, my favorite story of the week, Toys R Us reopening in nine states, more locations, coming soon. Katie, Toys R Us greatest place you to go as a kid or the greatest place you've ever been in your entire life kid or an adult <laughs> um greatest place i went when i was a kid okay okay i'll go uh, i'll allow it i'll allow it um i don't know if there was ever if i ever felt more of a feeling of anticipation and wonder and like every possibility is open to me. Those times when you're a kid and maybe you got a little money from, from birthday, maybe you got 10, 15 bucks, 20 bucks maybe, and you walk into Toys R Us and your parents go, you can get whatever you want. I can spend hours and still not come to the right decision. <laughs> I don't know that we did that, but it was more like we saved up our allowance. So we got $5 a week. And so we would save yeah, it up and then we would I'm go to Toys R Us. Your allowance money, you know. Yeah. You, you, but you said pick whatever you want, but it's not whatever you want. It's whatever you have money for. Well, it's whatever you have money. But that's what I'm saying. You, you've got it. You've gotten this money, whether you've earned it through allowance or, you know, birthday, you know, grandparents. You know, usually. You on the way out here. Go buy yourself ice cream. I mean, probably have to fact check this with my parents but i don't think that i just went in there and just like hung around for hours trying to decide what to get i'm pretty sure i had already had my heart set on something that. <laughs> then i then then i calculated to what point i would be covered I with sales that. tax and then i went and i got it so i don't know that we spent like that much time there because i knew what i wanted you saying that even you as a child meticulously planned <laughs> out your shopping strategy at toys r us <laughs> is even less surprising than Democrats spending $369 billion on complete and total crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, that is you to a T. <laughs> that is, I didn't. I was just like, oh, maybe I'll take a look at this. Maybe I'll take a look at this. Maybe I'll take a look at this. And listen, for me, nine times out of 10, I'm coming home with a Game Boy game. But sometimes... It's action figure, maybe something else. Tamagotchi, forget the, for, we were talking about Tamagotchis the other day. We know the 90s 
are are back as a true fad when I see a kid walking down the ASU campus with a Tamagotchi. It, they, you don't get to have a Tamagotchi unless you went through the pain of having to call Toys R Us every day to see if they got it in stock. Exactly. And then if they got it in stock, you had to convince your parents to take you over there early enough that you could score one. Or just driving by Toys R Us. Can we stop in there and see if they have them? Maybe they got maybe they got a shipment in. Come on. Mom, mom, stop. It's right there. It'll only take a couple of minutes. Yeah, they don't know the pain. They don't know the pain. Now you can just go on the website, oh, pick it out, pick it up in store. This prime thing. No, no, no. See, I did the same. We did the same thing. And when the first Nintendo Wii came out, when that Wii came out, my friends and I spent our entire Christmas break calling stores all around New England. And I legitimately do mean all around New England, from Bar Harbor to Bridgeport, to try to find a Wii. And we finally did succeed, but it did take us three weeks. And we got them into Toys R Us. There you go. Bring the story full circle. Is, is one of the nine stores going to be in Arizona? Is one of the nine stores going to be? It's opening inside Macy's locations in nine states. Current oh. locations are California, Georgia, New Jersey, Illinois, Nevada, Louisiana, New York, Maryland, and Missouri. Okay. So we're not, we're not special. That's Okay. The flagship, larger locations, dubbed flagship locations, will be in Atlanta, Chicago, Honolulu, Houston, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, and San Francisco. All right. Jeffrey the Giraffe. All right. I think we got We have to end it on Toys R Us. Yeah. Toys sure. R Us is coming back. All right. Things are getting better, folks. You always got to end these episodes on a high. Things are getting better. The earth is, right, this is the time that the planets are healing, the water, the tides are receding, and Toys R Us is coming back. Yes. (laughs) Just as God wrote it in the Bible. Exactly. See you on Tuesday. Bye.